0: Guys, what is going on? What is happening? Welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. Hope everybody's doing well today, wherever you listen to this in the world. My name is Matt, I am your host. I bring you interviews with bands big and small across the land, and today is no different. I have got someone who I've wanted to chat to for a very long time. Uh, it is David from the following bands, and they are as follows uh, Employed to Serve, Aegis Oblivion, and how did you say they want to mate? It's Oda Odawasa, there we go. How are you doing, sir? Doing very well, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Absolutely fine. I was going to say, so we both, before the chat started, we both were just saying that uh, we both had to work overtime today. So this one might be a little bit ramshackle, but we'll rock with it. We'll rock with it. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it work, mate. We'll make it work. Don't As- worry. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so firstly, how are you? How's things? How's um, how's life treating you? Everything all right? Yeah, not bad, man. Like um. I am, yeah, the last
1: few weeks have been incredibly intense, mm-hmm. like, uh, as you just mentioned, we were just chatting before recording about, like, uh, talking shop, so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I work in hospital in the last few weeks, I've been doing floor walking on the wards, I'm not going to go into details about the reasons why, basically, we there's a, so I work, I kind of, like, I teach, like, nurses, doctors, and mm-hmm. things how to use, like, systems they use to, like, prescribe drugs, mm-hmm. chart meds, that kind of thing. And they've gone live with a new system. So I've been basically sitting on the wards till like God knows what time at night, showing them how to use it. And today I was in a hospice. And uh, yeah, it's all just very, very intense at the moment. So I am a bit like kind of, I don't really know what planet I'm on, but I can still talk and I can still think so uh hope, if anything like i might say something ridiculous and it'll make for a better podcast so i'm, you
2: know.
0: I'm hoping so i'm hoping so um yeah and as as some people may know i work in retail and it's black friday tomorrow so there's that to contend with oh, uh fuck, man, <laughs> fuck that like i couldn't imagine anything worse personally no absolutely it's gonna be carnage but it will be fine it's only um so literally i've got to do today and i've got to do tomorrow and then i go off to poland for a week or for five days so going on a little breakaway, so that'd be nice (laughs) sounds all right sounds good yeah absolutely so 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 kind of speak um so we like to start things kind of in the same way um you obviously being a musician, how did you get into music? Was it through, uh, your, through your folks? Was it through older siblings? How did it, how did it come to be that you were uh, the musician you are today? Oh, you're looking
1: for the origin stories. Mm, okay. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, when I was young, I kind of, everyone always says it, but I always kind of grew up around music. Like my dad in particular, I remember, I used to listen to loads of like, I remember him listening to a lot of Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel, which okay, was cool always very cool like to this day i still love a bit of philly c
2: mm-hmm. a a
1: bit of peter gabriel mm-hmm. um my mum was always very much into music she used to, she used to love like all the kind of old like 70s prog bands and things she used to love thin lizzy uh bands like camel uh like she actually saw black sabbath with thin lizzy black sabbath with ozzy osbourne and thin lizzy with phil denn in the same show amazing How fucking dare she? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I always kind of grew up around like listening to that kind of music. Uh, But obviously, when I went to school, and then my first real introduction to, I guess, the heavier kind of stuff was, uh, I remember friends of mine, there was like this kind of group of people who were like the kind of cool kind of alternative kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember we stole a, a, a tape player from one of the music rooms nice. and snuck into like some kind of side cubbyhole room or something and then this uh, friend of mine like put on like um, pretty sure it was the first Slipknot album nice. and that was my first kind of experience to like heavy music and yep. at the time I had no idea what was going on or what, what was it was
0: that, Was that first album or
1: First album yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, I think it was like yeah it was sick Came was like dun 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 and since then I was just like what is this yeah
2: absolutely
1: and yeah kind of just went from there really like just listened to like all the kind of like new metal bands at the time so like slipknot and like i remember i had two tapes i had uh slipknot and i had static x oh nice cool yeah and i used to just rinse those two tapes like uh constantly Mm. Uh, and then it got to the point where discovered kerrang tv and Mm -hmm. found like spine shank and like other bands yeah. Um, and then it kind of went to like other stuff like Raging Speedhorn and through Raging Speedhorn, I kind of found like Will Haven and other bands. And then at one point, I found like i got into death metal, like mm-hmm. uh, first death metal album I heard, I think was Black Seeds of Vengeance by Niall, which is still one of my favourite albums ever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's all just, I want to say downhill. Yeah. That's not right <laughs> You've death. descended. <laughs> yeah. I ascended. It went yeah. up from and uh yeah and that's uh that's kind of my origins really it was just like hanging out with like a bunch of people in school who listened to Slipknot and then that kind of changed everything for me
0: absolutely so is that when you decided you want to pick up a guitar or was is it the first instrument you you sort of picked up and things or I think well when I was that young like I didn't really understand really what the instruments were like
1: mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember always thinking like bass was like the kind of by what we would all recognize any mm-hmm. thinking person recognizes the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought that was bass for some reason. Um, <laughs> I don't
0: really know why
1: I was a kid. I was an idiot. Um, but like, uh, so I kind of thought it was that. And then like my brother, uh, my brother was like the first musician in the family. My younger brother, he got a guitar.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, he got quite good at it. And the thing that kind of made me want to pick up an instrument was like, um, I remember hearing, uh, this is gonna yeah so it's Antichrist superstar by marilyn
0: manson yeah i mean he is an absolute wanker yeah, yeah, you know, for, yeah. yeah for use for better word um but yeah that, that album is still seminal he's a prick but yeah it's a seminal album so i feel yeah oh <laughs> well,
1: yeah he is an absolute fucking cretin
2: mm-hmm. but
1: that's good like <laughs> um but the uh but for some reason the bass tone on it really kind of like struck me like mm-hmm. i just um the angel with the scabbed wings, I think. Like, there's a bass riff in it, which is really, really cool. And I just remember just being really drawn to that. Yeah. So I picked up bass originally, and my brother played guitar. We used to, like, kind of, like, write songs together. Nice. Uh, we were in a band together for a little bit, like, while we were still learning. Um, but then I found, apologies to all bass players out there, that I just kind of got a bit bored of four strings. No, fair,
0: fair. that's fair. So
1: I just kind of, uh, I kept, borrow- like, borrowing. is uh, That is a stretch of a term there. <laughs> taking my brother's guitar and uh i just kind of just had a go from there and um yeah eventually i just kind of found guitar a bit more rewarding Absolutely. And, uh, yeah then uh then obviously got into the death metal kind of side of things and obviously the guitar work in that is kind of massively impressive so yeah. I, that's how I kind of got into guitar, like properly really
0: absolutely um so just a quick di- sort of disclaimer for anyone listening to the podcast if you've got made it this far um basically we're gonna be talking about Age of Oblivion and um oh god it's o- o- uh,
1: o- try it see it see if o- you can get it
0: Odessa Odawa sir, way, <laughs> sir. I will get up with end of this podcast. Um, if you want ETS chat, go and listen to the podcast I have done with Sammy uh, a few weeks months ago. Um, uh, yeah, so just yeah, <laughs> just a little disclaimer there. Um, oh. so obviously Ages of Oblivion were you uh, original member of Guitarist and things, or did you join later? How did that sort of come about? Uh, how did you become a band?
1: So yeah, I mean I'm, uh, I mean at the moment there's two of us who are the original members, and that's mm-hmm. myself. And my vocalist, or the vocalist, I should say. I always say that. I shouldn't. But the vocalist, Steve. Uh, we've been playing music together since we were like, or well, at, least, at least since I was about 17. Oh,
0: wow. Fantastic. So we've had lots
1: of different names. It's had lots of different band members. I like, lose count of the amount of band members we've had. But the kind of constant behind it all has been myself and Steve.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, one of the OGs. <laughs> amazing um so you guys have again correct me if i'm wrong but uh, according to spotify at least uh three albums out to date uh and the new one released in 2021 uh suspended between earth and sky which is a great title by the way i really enjoyed that thank you <laughs> um so yeah well, how do you do the recording process for ages moving do you uh, sort of write independently and then come together or is it more of a collaborative effort how, how does that all some come to be so well, with Suspended Between Earth
1: and Sky, mm. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of changed between each album. Like, the first two albums, like Temples or Transcendent Evolution, mm. <laughs> such a mouthful, that one, and Pemphos, those were kind of more written in the practice room. Like, me and my drummer at the time, we would just sit down, and I'd have a riff, and then we'd go through it like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, with Suspended Between Earth and Sky, though, our drummer at the time, uh, we I would like kind of write some riffs or like a collection of riffs and things. Or how I wanted a song to go. And then me and him would sit down and sort of structure it and put drums to it and just kind of try and make it all make sense.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: and then Steve would come along after that and then put his kind of vocals on it and let right like, you know, kind of put vocal arrangements and all that. So it was it was a lot more it was suspended, it was done a little bit more tactically. Mm-hmm. Like uh, rather than just like blasting shit out in a practice room. It was more like we would plan things a bit better. Like we were never very savvy with a demo in songs before but with this one it was kind of vital to do it mm-hmm. um was this, a, so was this a lockdown album then because obviously it was absolutely not this is oh, the okay. kind of thing like it came out like mm-hmm. it seems like it was because it kind of came out obviously april this year and it could seem it was but like i mean we started writing the music to suspender between earth and sky i mean the first song for that was written in like 2016
0: mm-hmm. oh wow 20-7? so you've been sitting
1: on it for for a while then Yeah, we played, like, one of the new songs live, I think. Yeah, like, Tailwind of 2016, we played uh, Bristol Death Fest, Mm -hmm. and we had a few of the songs, I think. Maybe it was 2017, but we had a few of the songs in the set then. Um, Yeah, like, uh, the the kind of sad story was is that the album would have come out last year. Right. Um, But obviously because of the pandemic and everything, the label kind of put the brakes on it because they weren't really sure how – basically how obviously it was all very new that the kind of pandemic we weren't people weren't sure if they were going to be listener albums or buying albums or whatever
0: absolutely so
1: we had to kind of wait a year so uh yeah april this year was when it came out but it had been finished and i mean the songs were finished like 2018
2: 2019
1: you know um but then the release was 2021 so we've been sat on these songs a little while definitely not a pandemic album
0: Okay, fantastic stuff. Um, so how did you find the reaction to, to the record and things? Was it a really positive reaction and things? I mean, no one's uh, slated it yet. <laughs> not, not that
1: I can see, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think you're always going to get a few naysayers here and there, but like, it's just not really worth paying attention to. But yeah, generally speaking, the album has gone down really, really well. Um, it's got a bit quiet nowadays, um, but... Uh, we're hoping to kind of revive that soon enough, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it kind of came out really well. I think a lot of it was because we were kind of concerned because with Penthouse, the album we did be- before that, we did have some very good press with it. Right. Okay. Um, so people really did enjoy that album, and every time that happens, it's wonderful when it happens. But then when you're writing the follow-up, yeah, it's a bit like, oh my god, like, are we going to just like completely alienate people or just? You know, it's just going to be slated, but it seems that people are really digging it. Like, um, we've had like this are like some Uber fans. I want to say Uber fans. What mm-hmm. a weird thing to say? But like fans of the last album who are quite vocal, like uh, who work for you know, who do podcasts or mm-hmm. you know, write a lot, have been doing review did reviews of the eighth album, and they all say it kind of stands up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's really cool. And I also think that *Suspended Between Earth and Sky* is a very different album to the one before. Yeah. I personally think. It obviously sounds like us, but I think there's enough difference to it that um I think even fans of the band should be able to kind of tell that we've kind of matured a fair bit. And that seems to be what the press we're getting is. Like it's a bit more mature album. It's for example, it's shorter than mm-hmm. Pentforce. Pentforce was an hour and fifteen minutes long. This oh, one's wow. about, about fifty minutes long. And so far, seems good. Like, um haven't had any press for you in the recent days, but yeah, so far the um, response has been quite positive.
0: Absolutely, I love that. That sounds that sounds great. Um, so obviously, a lot of people um, like to genreize different bands and put bands in boxes. And I don't want to obviously ask you to put your band in a box per se. But how would you describe um, Age of Moving to someone who has never heard of you guys and wanted to check you out? Um, death metal with feeling. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah,
1: like it's. Uh, I think the whole goal with Ageless was not to be some kind of uber tight kind of. And I'm before I say it, I'm not slagging off these bands. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about them. But I, you know, uber technical bands like, um, you know, Necrophagist or like the Faceless or like Spawn of Possession, that kind of like <clears throat> are really yeah. super tight, super precise. The whole goal with Ageless was really to c- create an atmosphere, create something with like a sense of catharsis to it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh it not be like i find and again this is personal opinion here Mm, no of course all you internet fucking (laughs) sausages you can write me an email do it um but like uh it's we wanted something a bit more with a bit more feeling with a bit more Mm -hmm. like evoking an emotion Mm -hmm. um which was always our main drive yeah um, I mean, on Penthos, there was a lot of kind of fast stuff. If you listen to the first track on Penthos, that was our, kind of our attempt at trying to be a fast technical band, mm-hmm. which, you know, the song's good and everything. You know, I don't slag off anything that I ripped uh, or uh, the band wrote before, mm-hmm. but um, this one was a bit more focused on atmosphere and, but through a death metal medium, through a more kind of technical death metal medium absolutely
0: um, and i think it was a, this
1: album was a bit more focused on that really
0: absolutely and i suppose in some respects i mean tell me if, if i'm wrong i would imagine it's a little bit more of a relaxed kind of almost playful fun because obviously if you're talking like for example the faceless where it is just all really really tight taught you know um precise i can't imagine that's as fun as sort of having a, a little bit of space between the notes and just letting the music breathe a little bit do you know what i mean I do and I again it's all down to
1: personal taste really. I mm-hmm. think a lot of musicians do enjoy like kind of that kind of like finding that kind of tightness and mm-hmm. messing around with tones and you know, really making sure everything's where it needs to be. But again, in my personal opinion, I quite like the kind of the roughness to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I quite quite like music that's um that sounds human. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I
1: find that if you're gonna spend Hours and hours and hours on end, just tightening everything up and just making sure every kind of little frequency is not where it needs to be. If that's your goal, go for it. By all means, I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do, but I personally quite like the music that has a bit of space, has a bit of fire to it. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, like there's, it seems to be a bit of a movement at the moment. There's a lot of bands out there who, we are really going for the more kind of like cavernous kind of sound. It doesn't have to be tight. Doesn't have yeah. to be. You can still be death metal and brutal without it being super precise.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, like obviously the main one that comes to mind is like Portal, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like that's death metal by anyone's uh, definition. But it's yeah. not exactly like the kind of tightest thing in the world. But that's the point. It kind of works like that, and it does work like that, and it's just brutal and just like has that kind of energy to it. Um, we were trying to kind of find a middle ground between, but between that i guess like we don't want to be like super super tight but also don't want to be like completely cavernous it was finding that kind of where we fit with it i guess you could say
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's the thing. Uh, you, you touched on it, saying that um, between albums, you, you've sort of grown up uh, in terms of the music and, and, and as people as well. So that's obviously reflective in the in the songwriting as well. So it's really good to hear. And obviously, I've given the the album a spin on the way home, and it's, yeah, it's really really good <laughs> for what I what I have um, heard of it.
1: Well, mate, that makes me happy. I'm glad you <laughs> like it.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, out of the three albums that you guys have released as Ages oblivion do you have a favourite?
1: yes
2: mm-hmm.
1: suspended between earth and sky
0: i would know just gonna say typical typical
1: arts <laughs> love that <laughs> well, i mean like it's typical for a reason because yeah. i think that any album a band does should eclipse the ones before it
0: mm-hmm. No, absolutely and
1: you know i think I, I you know that's not me saying i don't like any of our albums we did before but mm-hmm. that we're not those people anymore
0: No absolutely just aren't
1: like we're a different band like as i said like compared to pen two of us are still members from that last album um i think suspended between earth and sky was the album i think we've always tried to write yes. um But with penthouse i think there was a lot of choppiness in it that at the time we thought was cool but it wasn't really what we were listening to at the time we just kind of did it because we thought that was kind of expected of us and temples was like our first album you know we wanted to just be like i oh, let's write loads of riffs and just like you know just play fast yeah absolutely. But i think suspended between earth and sky is the most kind of uh up-to-date version of the band so to speak so yeah that
0: absolutely um so let's uh park that sort of conversation with age of sky for a second um how did everything come to be with the other band which i can't pronounce (laughs) try try do it again um Odessa.
1: (laughs) so odessa in in that city in ukraine
0: I have no idea. Probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's Odawaser.
0: Uh, Odawaser. There we go. <laughs> yeah.
1: So just so Odawaser, the name. Just so you know, it's it's the name of a, um, a kind of uh, barbarian Gothic chieftain who deposed the last Western Roman emperor. Oh wow, So it's, okay. kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a meaning for like the way I see it, it means downfall. It's like the last, the fall of an empire, that kind of thing. That's kind o- of what I see it. Odessa. Odessa. No, Odessa. What did they say? I they
0: literally said it again.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm, it's either in Crimea or Ukraine, like Odessa, <laughs> but yeah, Ode-way, sir. Ode-way, sir. Although some people pronounce it Odawaka
0: <laughs>
1: which bad. I don't like. Like no, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, I I pronounce Odessa. That's that's how it's done. Yeah.
0: So um, ha- yes, How does Odessa become a thing? <laughs>
1: so I mean, like, so black metal for me has always been something I've always been a fan of, and mm-hmm. you know, I've always been a huge black metal fan. Um, But this kind of came about like I think like there was a time a few years ago when I was feeling a bit shit like basically kind of everything kind of fell apart and I had all these kind of black metal riffs and I've always wanted to do something like that and there was a point where I was just at my absolute lowest and as I was kind of saying to you before the Age of Oblivion album was taking a long time uh, to release and I was just kind of sat there doing nothing uh, so I thought I'd give it a try and just record my own kind of stuff, and like I said at the time, I was going through a bit of a bit of a rubbish kind of mm-hmm. uh, experience, and um, it just kind of came from that. Really, it was just a just a catharsis. Like it was just like just have a go to begin with, just write some riffs, just record some riffs, and uh, ended up uh, I ended up quite enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a it was a kind of a a vessel for me to kind of get out some very negative and very unpleasant kind of feelings. And, uh, you know, as as weird as that is to say, and as kind of cliche as that is to say, that's what music should be. I think it should be an emotional art form. And that's really what it was.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I remember there was, I can't remember who told, there was a quote by a famous musician, I'm sure it's a famous musician, and um, they said that art is the best place for anger, which I totally, totally agree with, you know, any mm. kind of emotion, things like that, and that's, you know, so I'm trying desperately to learn uh, bass guitar, I don't know why, I've just been gravitated towards it, um, and that's kind of what oh, I'm trying to do. Oh, you've
1: been listening to Marilyn Manson as well, quite superstar.
2: <laughs> no no <laughs> i haven't
0: but i'm kind of um i've always been kind of been weirdly into like um the chili peppers kind of that kind of funk groove i've always liked the bass on that um and obviously just other random sort of influences i like but um yeah i've loved i'd love to be able to play the guitar because i imagine it's quite again cathartic like you say when you're just bored of an afternoon or whatever just pick it up and just have a noodle and suddenly you've yeah. got this riff and you can sort of rock with it so that's oh, really i think cool. that's kind of it
1: yeah absolutely I agree with you I think like well I mean with so it was a case of um, I mean Age of Oblivion writing those tracks was hard like mm-hmm. you know it's technical death metal afterwards so yeah. you do have to think about it and you do have to add elements to it and just kind of building it but with Odoasa like it's like you know some riffs are just like a couple of chords
2: mm-hmm. and just
1: like picking them and it just felt kind of good it felt like good to just be simple and just like create really simple songs and uh, also kind of like if I was feeling particularly negative one day, just write something with just like blast beats and like four or five notes, just and
2: yeah,
1: that was something that I just very much enjoyed. It just felt like something I needed at the time, mm. so I recorded it. And, um, yeah, and then, uh, speaking of, uh, I mentioned Sammy earlier, I kind mm. of sent it to him. And he was quite into it, and was uh, happy to release it on Church Road. So fantastic stuff! Yeah, it was. The funny thing though was like it was. It was like that was. This was before Church Road were Church Road, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So before obviously Church Road were Church Road. Mm -hmm. It was still called Church Road, but they were. It was more of like Sammy's kind of distro. Mm -hmm. So it was meant to be kind of like a more of a. I just just put it out on tape and
2: yeah
1: get get it out there. But then obviously the whole kind of um well, we all know what happened with Holy Raw and everything. Then yeah, uh absolutely. that kind of came about. So um yeah, it's quite quite a how I describe it. It was quite a um I was kind of like basically I was one of the first kind of artists to be released through Church Road, or just mm. just before that happened, but um yeah it was just a it, all that album was was just a it wasn't meant to be original it wasn't meant to be anything kind of groundbreaking it was just pure catharsis absolutely and uh yeah uh yeah now it's out on church road records if people want to check it out
0: absolutely and i was gonna say church road records um is i think an a, sort of uh, a shining light an example of what great interesting heavy music can be um yeah and obviously that was hurdy Roar at one point and obviously yeah i don't want to go down that road too much but um yeah obviously them taking over and sort of going down that road and sort of yeah is really good so yeah i mean
1: i think like well sammy and justine they um you know those guys mm. they both saved a lot of records on a lot of albums yes, at that time absolutely. like they they do deserve a lot of credit for that um and yeah, they both got, they've got, both of them have got very good ears and very get, They're very good at like kind of finding new bands. And like, I love how their roster is so varied. Like you've got mm-hmm. like stuff like obviously like my stuff like Odo or like, um, like Celestial Sanctuary, but then you've got a lot of kind of like more kind of post rock bands, post metal bands or more synthy bands. It's a very, very varied roster, but it all kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um yes, yeah, uh, Church Road, what they've done there is, uh, I think, absolutely incredible.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to move on and sort of talk about um, your sort of bands that you're in, in kind of the live environment, because obviously that's where a lot of bands and artists thrive. It's a lot of what people live to do the bands for. Because obviously, who doesn't want to go out and play your music? You know, being in the studio and recording music is one thing, but playing in front of people is is a completely different. Um. So, how do you find um, playing gigs? Is there any point where you kind of get still get nervous and things, or is that kind of all passed you by now?
1: Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, the the only band I'm playing live with at the moment is Employed to Serve.
0: Oh, okay, fair and, enough. And
1: okay. uh, like, uh, I mean, Age of Oblivion. It's um, we are still kind of. Basically, all our lives are very, very busy, so it's mm-hmm. just kind of Absolutely. hard to kind of, like get things together. And we are still aiming to do it, and hopefully next year we'll be up and up and running with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, employed to serve is the main band. I'm, uh, you know, playing live mm-hmm. with, and yeah, of course. Uh, it's great, man. I love it. Like it's, uh, it's a funny thing actually because I literally just come off on tour from employed mm-hmm. to serve doing a headline run.
0: Yeah,
1: um, the first show I played with them. Uh, was main stage Donington and bearing in mind I hadn't played a show since 2018 in (laughs) December 2018 with my friend's uh, garage punk band called Small Gods Mm. I just threw it in base with them for one show it's like a Christmas show in
2: Brighton
1: yeah it's like maybe 20 or 30 people and before that the last time I played was like last time I'd been on tours like 2015 or like Mm. 2017 and my first show back was fucking Donington main stage um, which was an experience mm. uh, and then yeah just going being back on tour again just recently this week was um, was incredible like it was uh, kind of had to break into it a little bit like windmilling and headbanging for like that <laughs> long and just playing live took a bit of breaking into but once it did it's just like just like you know reuniting with an old friend you know, Absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah it was a uh, very good
0: I had someone I'd describe it as putting on an old pair of shoes. They fit mm. nice and snugly. <laughs> Wouldn't well, say that. I think it takes a bit of
1: breaking in first, mm. and okay. then it's nice and snugly. Like I think, like the first show, like it was great. But then after that, I was just like, oh my god, I can't move my neck. I can't. Oh my, what's happened to my back? Why am I broken? But then, like you play a couple of shows and you just get straight back into it, and it kind of like loosens out, and then that's it. Like, you just enjoy it, and it was it was very cool
0: absolutely how do you find tour life do you do you like the tour life and things or is it kind of uh being away from home do you kind of miss? obviously you miss family friends that kind of thing but um yeah how do you find tour um i
1: think it's like it's it's every emotion you can possibly imagine Mm. like you know at points you're just having you're literally on top of the world yeah you you cannot be touched you're like this is the best thing ever especially when you're playing a show and everyone's going mental and everyone's you know you're speaking to people after the show and they're all loving it and Mm. you know you do feel untouchable yeah but then there are points where if you have a bad show you kind of feel like quite gloomy or a lot of time you're bored like just kind of sitting in the van but then if you've got like a good kind of group of people around you Mm -hmm. then just makes the whole thing worthwhile and you just kind of just be silly together and it's uh yeah it's uh it's hard to explain overall it's just incredible It's, it's a brilliant experience and i think like you know you speak to any band they'll just say like it's the thing they live for which they should you know like playing shows live and doing it day after day that is the dream um but there are points sometimes where it just gets a bit you know you do just want to be by yourself and whatever that's kind of just you just kind of take it all together in the end like you're just you're there to fill a purpose and that is to play shows and just do the thing that you enjoy doing
2: um
1: and i love being on tour man and especially this last tour we did like it was um it was incredible you know like it was uh it was great to see so many people come out. It was great to see uh, the the reaction as well. This is a, a new thing. We're talking about the Employee to Serve tour. So I've been to on tours with Ageless, and they're very different. So mm-hmm. when we play shows of Ageless, people kind of just stand there and take it in,
2: mm-hmm. which yeah, is yeah, great.
1: But, you know, like I kind of get that in, you know, Ageless Living is kind of complicated and has that atmosphere. But with Employee to Serve, people are like diving off the stage and like yeah. screaming the lyrics in front of you.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, it's, it's a very different experience, but overall it's just incredible. Like, uh, I do love being on tour, but you know, I think anyone that goes out on tour and thinks it's going to be just like rockstar. Cool. Yeah. Everyone loves me is, is going to be disappointed, but just yes. take it for what it is. You're seeing new places, you're meeting new people, you're playing riffs every night. That's, uh, that's what it's all about.
0: You know? It's it's the dream if if you're if you're musically minded or otherwise, absolutely. Um hmm. so do you guys as a sort of uh, ETS or any of the bands you've sort of been in and things, do you guys have any pre-gig rituals at all? Um not that I can think of rituals. Or maybe Nothing's not rituals like... or routines, probably a better word. <laughs>
1: routines. Uh, I mean, the other guys are very, very good at, uh, like, stretches and warm-ups mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm not so good at that. Like, <laughs> I probably should, but I don't. I was going to um, say, <laughs> I, 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 was,
0: I was hoping that you were going to be like, yeah, I sacrifice a goat or something. That's that's what I was hoping for.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, the goat, <laughs> shit, yeah. Uh, yeah, we kill a goat every <laughs> night on stage. If you've never seen us live. Prove, prove it doesn't happen but um yeah i think mainly man like we kind of like uh we all like we've we of oblivion and with any band i've really been in really it's all just a very like you just know what you need to do you just kind of get ready get set up you know you line check or whatever and i think like it's a case of we all just kind of know what we need to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just get on it and don't mess anything up um yeah. you know like i think like before going on stage like whoever says they're not nervous is lying to you <laughs> everyone's nervous so yeah. you just kind of get in your zone and do whatever you need to do um and then get on and just just get set up and be ready to go really like um most bands i've been in have been kind of the same they just kind of like i know what i need to do each individual member knows what they need to do they get set up and you know there's no like i've, I've never had a well, there were a few shows actually this tour where I was like, you know, there would be a bit like a fist bump or something before we went on stage or something.
0: Yeah. But I wouldn't say that's a ritual necessarily. That was more of like a "have fun, guys," and and that was it. Absolutely. So I know that um, the band Straight from the Path when they go on stage, they all shotgun a Red Bull. So I was always just, just interested <laughs> me to the, the, what people do. So um,
2: well,
0: one on. thing I have been suggesting,
2: mm.
1: which I don't think anyone. in either ageless or uts would ever do mm. i wouldn't even do it but it'd be funny <laughs>
2: um
1: what's it they're called like i don't know what the name is like like they're tequila shots but they're like killer tequila right. basically okay. they're like you take the shot of tequila yeah uh and then was it you, you usually do a tequila shot you um it's the salt and lemon, you, you isn't it? L- you, lick, you lick the salt do the shot and then some and then suck the lemon yeah but with this, you snort the salt, do the keeler shot, and then like drip the lemon in your eye.
0: <laughs> I, I would I would be lying to you if I said I haven't done that on a night out and it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, like,
1: dear. I, just, I, I have like jokingly suggested we should do that before a show, but it probably wouldn't be a good idea. It's just, it it would, just the worst be, idea. <laughs> We're just like watching any of us go on stage, just be like, oh my god, my eyes, my...
0: Like, <laughs> it'd be horrendous. That's, that's the thing i'm i'm kind of like i'm i'm self not self-obsessed but i like to be the center of attention if i walk into a room it's just how i am as a person i'm quite sort of bubbly and things like that but um so someone dared me in a bar not to do it and i was like yeah 100% they're like oh you won't do it, you won't do it and i was like yeah all right i'll do it like <laughs> no problem worst a man. ever <laughs> yeah like,
2: it's
1: awful like i have never done one I, I, I think the concept of them is so fucking funny but I think if it ever came down to me actually doing what well, I'd be like, no, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> um, but I don't know. it funny, Mike. Before going on stage, like, you know, see with VTS, we're doing Gajira, like Alexandra Palace. Oh, that's so incredible. Let, let, let's do it then. Like... Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: <laughs> like, I'm, I'm genuinely. Like obviously, I don't play a band but I'm genuinely envious of you guys having to watch. Well, I, say, I, I say having to watch uh, Kojira every night. That's just I gonna be
2: to
0: yeah, literally uh, held at gunpoint to watch Kojira every <laughs> night. Like <laughs> absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible stuff. Yeah, that that tour is the dream. Absolutely, uh, that brings me quite nicely. And it might be your answer actually. Um, so, out of the three bands, if you had to make a dream tour with each of them, who would be on the bill? with each of them mm-hmm. oh me like with each band like so each so three bills so ETS um Aegis and um oh for fuck's sake go oh. on try it give it a go it's not a city in Crimea <laughs> um Oh, yep Bessa <laughs> unfortunately not no. so it's Oda Waysa Oda Wesa. I knew that I knew that I knew that <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, I do apologize. That's uh, all right, man. Like uh <laughs>
1: it's a weird name to be honest with you. Uh but yeah, so with Ageless, I mean we did kind of do like the dream tour for Ageless, which was us Bellwitch and Ulcerate. Mm-hmm. Uh so if I had to pick different ones, I would say us, uh, Demart, who are a uh kind of oh, they used to be Death metal they're not where they, were they? They're kind of a death metal, e but they're kind of more like progressive, and the singer's voice, Sean, is absolutely incredible. So, Banco Niro Demart from Italy and Gorguts would be the ultimate. Um, oh, and Nile would yeah. be the ultimate. Um, I think Age of Oblivion tour. Amazing. For employed to serve, yeah. oh, that is a tricky one. I think employed to serve in Gujira. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. Serve, that, that was the dream. Absolutely. Uh, for Odawasa, if if big if, if I was ever to want to play live of it.
2: Hmm.
1: I would say Odawasa and either Mere Cognitum or Panopticon would be fucking ridiculous. Um those are the kind of like more inferences for Odawasa, I'd say. Um and yeah,
0: those those would be my picks. So I've I've written down Odaewasa, so I know how to say it. But I've written it literally as it's spelled, like phonetically.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I've got it. <laughs> it's a weird name. I will give it that. Like like I said, the the pronunciation of it is a bit strange. Like um, well, I got it from like uh, so. Uh, it, there's a podcast I used to listen to called the or I still listen to it, uh, called um the History of Rome by Mike Duncan.
2: Okay.
1: And when he mentions Odoesa, he says Odoesa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I've kind of read it in other places it you know or read it or listened to the name in other places Odoesa, but then other people call it Wacker. And if you look at the actual kind of pronunciation on, like, yeah any articles or something it's usually Wacker, but then I'm like well other people are Odoacer. So yeah, I'm confused. Is it so we're not we're not doing it that way
0: <laughs> it's the um it's the behemoth behemoth thing isn't it yeah exactly like you know i think i think it is behemoth but you know who knows <laughs> i just never like
1: uh telling my missus at the time like uh or my missus naturally like when uh i uh we were driving the car, and mm. she was like, how do you pronounce it? Odawesa. And I'm like, yeah, it is Odawesa, but then also some people call it Odawaka. Mm. She's the funniest fucking thing she'd ever heard. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not calling it that. Like, <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, Odawesa. Odawesa, there we go. Um, so what is, this is an amazing question. I, I love this question, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, what is the craziest thing that you've seen at a festival or a show that can be either on stage or as a as a fan in the crowd?
1: Oh, man, that's hard because I don't really go to many shows. I don't really okay. enjoy festivals either. So craziest thing I've
0: ever seen.
1: Um, uh, let me try and think. Oh, that's it. When I was very young,
2: mm.
1: I wasn't that young, but we used to do like punk shows like mm-hmm. at, uh, our local school here. I
2: yeah.
1: can't remember seeing I think it was the Filaments. If anyone's into the old school punk, they'll probably remember the Filaments. And I remember there was a support band on. There was, like, what, like, seven or eight people in the room.
0: Mm-hmm. And there was,
1: like, a couple of, like, uh, punk girls in front of me. And one of them just completely stripped off naked. Amazing. <laughs> like, like there was, like, eight people in the room. and They just did it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> That's probably the most weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, there was absolutely no reason to. It wasn't like we're getting into the music or anything like that. They were just like, right, yep, take off my clothes. And yeah. I just remember, like, watching it happen, like, almost in slow motion, being like, are you serious?
0: Yeah, no, um, that is
1: strange. That's the kind of thing that comes to mind <laughs> to this day. I still don't really know why.
0: Absolutely. Like,
1: I was fourteen at the time.
0: Yeah, like, you're amazing. It's
1: like a, some kind of like weekday kind of like punk show like yeah. in my town, my hometown and someone just did
0: that and you're like, alright. That's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. So that's I think the think the best one that I've ever seen was uh, do you know the band the hardcore band Desolated? Do you know I do, yes. yeah yeah so they played a, a show in my hometown or near my hometown and basically the room was basically uh a, a um a basically really really long uh but not very wide um what's that shape called is it a triangle? not like um, that's the one thank you very much <laughs> so my brain just went uh. um maybe we've, been, we've both been working overtime like it's fine like <laughs> absolutely and um i've seen loads and loads of bands in that room and never have there ever been uh, a crowd surfer or anything like because the ceiling is too low and it's got one of those old school fans um the hmm. ones who like, the three panels they obviously spin around you see them in like uh, american movies and things like that anyway yeah. the uh oh sing- were well, they like just cut up into fucking pieces like- <laughs> the the singer of desolate <laughs> decided to jump from the stage like off the monitor and just literally head this fucking fan. And, like, he fell to the ground. Like, he cut all his face open and shit. But, oh, my God. It was just like... He carried on playing. It was like, the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> And they had, um like, a... It's not polystyrene, but, like, those weird tile foam uh, in in the roof. And that would just get absolutely trashed every single gig. People Good just cool. chucking shit at the, at the ceiling. But for some reason, the landlord kept booking bands, so obviously they must have enjoyed it or something. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, though, like having, like if you're booking hardcore bands and you've got something
1: hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> expect that thing to be swung on, torn down, whatever. Like, I remember there was a venue around here, uh, so I'm from Basingstoke. We had yeah. a venue called Sanctuary, mm-hmm. and that had a chandelier, oh, and they had God. to get rid of it because. <laughs> Guess what? They kept booking hardcore bands or metal bands or punk bands and those bands see a chandelier on the scene and they're like, cool, let's go full Tarzan. Yeah, literally. And, uh, yeah, I was like, "You need to get rid of the chandelier. I remember being a little bit gutted when that happened because it looked great. Like, no, there's an absolutely. old picture of of Oblivion. Uh, I think it's on our... It's on some website somewhere. I don't know. But well, we're playing in are all like backlight and smoke, and there's a chandelier. I mean, it looks in the middle. It looks sick, but they had to get rid of it because people kept deciding to fucking swing on it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, like you know, like having like a gigantic metal fan and like bands being like, "Cool, let's dive into it."
0: Like but what that was you, the thing. He he just didn't yeah. think didn't think twice. That was the thing that got me. Like I, <laughs> I would look at that and go, "That's gonna hurt," but he just literally just up and went. See you later. Do you know what I mean? it was like fuck i wonder if you do that like just never put that band in front of a bunch of helicopters you
1: know like (laughs) like, because it will end badly like you don't have to do it don't you don't have to jump into the gigantic metal fan absolutely but then the riff starts and you're like i'm gonna jump in that gigantic metal fan
0: absolutely oh no i'm
1: bleeding (laughs) how did this
0: happen that's the thing i basically i so i'm 28 going on 29 and i cannot do pits anymore but i always forget this like the second a dirty riff comes in that's it i'm gone and then about 30 yeah. seconds later i come out all battered and bruised i'm like why did i do that for <laughs> being in mosh pit sucks like i uh i think the last time i was in
1: mosh pit was, like, I was like it's been
0: like 21
1: yeah and even then i was like oh, i'm getting on with this and like uh the idea of it now just absolutely fills me with dread like it's it's hard work being yeah. in a
0: mosh pit. Absolutely. I, I full on like nearly broke my finger. I think I probably did break my finger, to be fair, um at download twenty nineteen when Lamb of God played. Um and literally just in the circle pit for redneck and for some ungodly reason that I managed to trip over my own two feet, landed like face first in, into the floor and like because I was sitting in a circle pit like there was just people just trample over me luckily I was only on the floor for like maybe two, three seconds, but that was enough to get about ten people to trample on me and I just remember vividly, like my hand was just in the way and some dude just trampled on my hand and I'm just thinking Oh, that really fucking sucks.
1: That that's that is unfortunately not my good idea, not an idea of a good time for no, me. And it like that's blew like, up
0: to like twice the size and turned like, purple. It was not fun. Yeah,
1: that's 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 a fucking A and E appointment, and uh, that's no fun either. I mean, like um, I don't know, like it, I love the idea of mosh pits. I love watching them. I love being on stage and seeing them. But like, I'm like, you guys just carry on. Like, uh, I don't want to be involved in that. It's uh, like just I just can't deal with it man it's just uh, I don't even like crowds really so yeah. yeah like it just sounds like an absolute nightmare
0: have you but guys as long as you, you have... learn something then, no uh, absolutely I learned that it's really difficult to drive three and a half hours with one hand and there we go in <laughs> that case it wasn't a mistake you have learned something you know? so Ab- it's good absolutely don't get
1: your hands trampled in a Lama God show and try to drive afterwards <laughs>
0: luckily they played on the sunday and i was going on the monday morning so it wasn't too bad but that
2: sounds worse
0: like you know yeah. like you're like if you was on a on the friday you'd have like a few days to recover like <laughs> straight straight back to work like i can't use his hand why i got trampled on <laughs> like try... well the question was was it worth it though oh hell yeah but trying to explain yeah. like how it happened to non-metal or rock fans is just the funniest thing so basically what we do is we run around in a circle um for reasons unknown and uh yeah we run into each other as well and uh we could do this weird karate thing as well like in this <laughs> in this circle we don't like <laughs> i
1: love it man i love it like i mean obviously i work with people who yeah the heaviest thing they listen to is like Probably food fires. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, What kind of music do you play? And I'm like, nothing. You'd like, no bands you'd be kind of like aware of. And then, like, oh, try me. I list a bunch of bands up Yeah, i never heard of them. And I'm like, well, it's just loud, shouty. Oh, you're one of those like shouty bands. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, you know.
2: <laughs> like,
1: so, and, then, and then you get the classic. Um, I love the music. I can, I can get into the music. I appreciate the music. I just can't get into the lyrics Yeah. or the voc- vocals. And my response is usually like, try and do it then if it's yeah. that easy
0: give it absolutely. a go do
1: that for an hour see how your voice is afterwards
0: absolutely absolutely um I thought I was saying it. Uh, yeah so with obviously i'm going to start to wrap things up so don't want to take too much of your time and i'm very very grateful for you coming on um so i've got a couple of sort of final questions for you um so with obviously apple music spotify and the wealth of music you can listen to nowadays obviously not everything's on spotify uh, and things but what are you currently listening to at the moment um <laughs> anything you want to give a shout out to uh
1: so the main thing i've been listening to recently or the thing that i've really kind of that's uh that i keep thinking about
2: mm.
1: is an album by an artist called the caretaker okay um some people who might listen to podcast might know this is what i'm going at already um it's called everywhere at the end of time right. um it's six hours long and what it is, is it's an album that kind of um, emulates the kind of stages of dementia. Wow. So it's kind of okay. like, uh, yeah, a bit deeper. No, but, absolutely.
0: I'm intrigued. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it's six hours long. Yeah. Um, there's, I think, five stages to it. Yeah. And each album is about an hour long or so. Right. Um, like the first album is more kind of like, um, I think the way the first album described is like being in like a daydream. So it's all kind of using samples from old ballroom music and things. Okay. Uh, and it kind of starts off quite dreamy and it's, it's quite musical and, you know, you can put it on the background and it's quite nice to listen to. It'll be a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Second album is when it starts to get a bit more distorted and basically the kind of songs or the samples are, uh, kind of metaphors for memory.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then it gets to the third album it gets a bit more distorted, a bit more weirder, a bit more kind of like bleaker. Mm. And by, you get to like the fourth or fifth stages, it becomes like almost pure noise right. and really quite distorted and quite, um, in some part, parts, quite horrifying. Mm. And then the last stage is when it gets like quite, uh, just noise. And it's meant to kind of, uh, emulate the idea of losing memory, or it's hard to kind of like comprehend things and things. Um, it's more, it's more, rather than me explain. It, it's better to work reading about it, mm-hmm. or finding the album, just reading about it and what each stages mean. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing I've been kind of obsessing over recently. And that's uh,
0: insane. That sounds really cool. It's
1: uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's the most harrowing thing I've ever listened to, without a doubt. Like, if you can get through all six hours, then. Well done. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It's it's not like a kind of brutal or noise album. It's not even really kind of like... It is obviously musical, but it's more of like... There's a reason behind all of the way it sounds.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And that's kind of what I've been listening to recently, uh, to the point where I've kind of been banned from listening to it (laughs) uh, by some of my bandmates and my girlfriend. um, Because I'm just like, I can't stop thinking about it. And she's like, I need to stop listening to it. And yeah, so... If you want a more kind of can sort of like metal or like that kind of thing, uh mm-hmm. the last light of the morning star album is getting a few spins from me. Oh, ah, cool. Uh, who are a rather mysterious kind of black metal band, but it's all very vampiric kind mm-hmm. of sounding. Um a lot of songs about well, mm-hmm. just check it out. It's kind of like typo negative, but we have like mayhem riffs, um like um it's very cool so I like them the on star as well
0: absolutely i love that um so this is a question based on you just being a guitarist so you're uh almost bandless at this point um if you could pick one band or artist to collaborate with as a guitarist who would it be and why
1: neurosis
0: nice because neurosis are my favorite band and straight off the bat
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely like um I think when they, well, they've only really done, what kind of thing, like a couple of collaborations, but like, uh, Neurosis and Jarbo is one of my favourite collaborative albums ever.
2: Nice. Um,
1: and, yeah, to be able to work with Neurosis, is like, it's on my list of things I'd like to achieve. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, Neurosis. Either Evasion Oblivion or Odor Waste sir, or Employed to Serve, I don't care who. Yeah. Scott Kelly, Steve Montill, hit me
0: up. Let's do it. I was going to say, I know that um, Scott Kelly is an avid listener to this podcast. So. And so he
1: fucking should be. Like, So, Scott Kelly, which, if you are listening, <laughs> which you are, <laughs> let's,
0: let's, let's do something. Absolutely. Um, so, getting into the various bands and projects and things, what album would you recommend from each um, sort of project for people to go and check out?
1: Um,. Well, we've aged Oblivion, Suspended Between Earth and Sky. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's our latest album. And it's the one that is kind of like sums us up. It's who we are. And Mm -hmm. that's that. We've employed to serve. Gonna have to be Conquering. Mm -hmm. It's the last album we've released. And, you know, I'm very new to the band, but I think Conquering is without a doubt the strongest album Mm -hmm. uh, they've done. Uh, And we've owed away, so we only have one album, or I only have one album, which is uh, The Vortices Will Gather. However, we are, I am working on something new at the moment, which should hopefully be released next year, so
0: that may trump it. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic so yeah, all stuff. of our latest releases, essentially. Nice, nice. Awesome stuff. Um, What is the best way to keep it, keep up to date with everything that you guys are doing across sort of all your projects? Is it Facebook and things like that, or what's the best way? Facebook, Instagram, um,
1: Bandcamp, anywhere you can. I think I like our, uh, you know, Social media, like, I think with Agents has been a bit quiet recently because we haven't had much to post about, but that should hopefully be changing quite soon. Odoesa, kind of a similar thing, Um, but there are things being worked on with both camps. And with Employed to Serve, uh, way you can, like Facebook, Instagram, uh, UTS are pretty good with their social media presence, much better than, like, I am with uh, Agents and Odoesa. So...
0: Absolutely. Um, is there anything you can uh, talk about or want to plug for 2022?
1: 2022.
0: Um,
1: well, hopefully a bit more from Ages of Oblivion. We should be looking at doing some shows next year. Mm-hmm. Um, with Oda so there is new music being written, and I'm kind of finalising a few bits at the moment, so hopefully some there'll stuff. be some new music from Oda Wesa as well. And with employed to Serve, of course, we have got at the Gajira tour so absolutely. wherever you are if you can get down to Gajira and see us uh, open up um, that would be incredible uh, those shows are going to be absolutely ridiculous absolutely and, uh, yeah hope to see people there and see some friendly faces
0: yeah absolutely I mean I've actually timed it so the London date uh coincides the day after my birthday so I think I'll be uh, heading down to to the metal show as they say
1: <laughs> to the metal show yeah to the where metal best place on your birthday man that is the best place to be
0: i found so
1: absolutely uh, that works out. yeah man
0: it'll be great awesome stuff i've got one final question for you and uh, this also this sometimes opens a big can of worms but uh what is your musical controversial opinion um to give you a little bit of context <laughs> um i'll give you a little bit of context i've had people say uh that maiden are rubbish Deftones are of rubbish nickelback great um Kylie Minogue would be great at Bloodstock was a funny one. Um Five Figure Death Punch are great, you all need to stop being pussies. I've I've had it all, so <laughs> I hell man. Uh threw that out at me like a rock, but uh, let's have a think.
1: Um Weirdly, the, the the opinion that keeps getting me into trouble <laughs> getting, we like, go. kind of like before that view is that I don't generally think it's okay to listen to bands with Nazis in them. I mean that's fairly. I, I think so, that's I, I, fairly mundane, isn't it? But like no, for no, no, some no. reason, that's the thing I always get into fucking confrontations about. Like especially like being into the whole being a black metal fan and having loads of fans who are uh, in, into it as well. Like bands who have like expressed fascist views or anything like that, and I'm like, mm, nah, I don't really want to listen to them because of that. People are like, well, you got to separate the music from the fucking politics. And I'm like, well, well you... it just taints my opinion of them massively.
0: Well, you know? yeah, this is the thing, right? So, with... It's so difficult, right? So, obviously, I've spoken to uh, to a few bands and different people and things, and everybody on the whole has been absolutely wonderful and really, really friendly and all the rest of it, right? Um, one thing that, like, for example, the pop-punk scene is full of fucking Nazi people, right? Mm. And it's like, what possesses you to be that person do you know what i mean like you've got all this power you've got all this you know fame and whatever else just don't be a fucking prick about it do you know what yeah. I mean? it's not difficult not to be a good person like i think it's what i think yes
1: it's not difficult to be a good person but i think like sometimes these genres attract certain people like especially mm-hmm. with i mean the thing i know about which is black metal it yeah, kind no, of,
0: of attracts
1: like kind of pissed off loners mm-hmm um, so which is the same demographic that Nazis are will kind of look at to kind of recruit and things like that. And there are loads of examples of bands where they've had dodgy views or they've been spotted with. Um, I mean, there was an album that was released last year, which was honestly an incredible album, but mm-hmm. then like you just Google the band name and there's like, oh, that's the guy from that band, he's standing next to a guy with a swastika shirt. You know, it it just taints my opinion of it. It just makes me go, all right, those guys are a bunch of dicks. I don't really want anything to do with them. But then, like, you get into the conversation, it's like, sure, you can appreciate the music. And I kind of do sometimes think, I'm like, what if it was like, a, what if we changed the argument a bit? And it was more like, let's say it was like a pop artist or something Mm -hmm. that everyone hated. Let's say it was Machine Gun Kelly or something. And, like, he was had a picture next to him with... um guy wearing like with a swastika tattoo or something people would kick off and like everyone in the metal world would be like fuck that shit man it's crap but because it's in metal i think people have such a kind of emotional attachment to it like Uh, I think I find that a lot of people kind of like just ignore it but oh there's just a bunch of black metalers they're all like kind of like you know they're all like pissed off weirdos and I don't personally find that acceptable
0: I I just think you know so I'm a massive history buff hence why I'm I'm going to Poland and all the rest of it and going I am going to sort of Auschwitz and all that kind of thing so to align yourself with Nazi views knowing what they did is just mental to me i cannot fathom in the same way that you get like a nonce i just cannot fathom how anything that's acceptable and be where the hell your mind has got to be at to have that as a thought or an idea do you know what i mean i do yeah and so i think a lot like
1: of it, i think I, it's, it's hard to say man like it's it's one of those things where it's such a kind of cultish belief that Mm. like, I don't think anyone who's just a a normal rationing, empathetic person can kind of come to terms with it. But from what my experience of it it is, is like, it just attracts like people who are pissed off with society and, you know, they blame a lot of their, their, I find like a lot of kind of people who think that way do kind of identify real problems. So Mm. just hear me out here. So they'll, they'll kind of identify things like, okay, so, you know, wages are going up but sorry uh, wages uh, sorry prices of things are going up but wages aren't uh aren't, are staying the same mm-hmm. or like uh you know poverty is going up or all these kind of things they'll identify that but they'll come to the wrong conclusions about it mm-hmm. so rather than most people can see us to do with the economic system we live in yep. these guys will blame us oh, it's the immigrants or it's the jews who are like kind of controlling the economy or something
2: yeah
1: um they just come to wrong conclusions and i you know there's a point of me where I get very tired of just considering people being wrong. And I think mm-hmm. there is like a hateful element to it. And I find it with like, especially in the music world, mm-hmm. that's kind of overlooked. Like, oh, they're just pissed off metal. like, you know, what did you expect? It's like, well, no, there's a lot of these guys are actually quite well read and they know what they're saying. They know what they're doing. There's certain bands, for example, where they'll get kind of called out for it. Yeah. And they'll say like, this is not a political band. It's like, well, no one's pissed off at you for your band being political or not. No. People are pissed off at you for you saying this or saying that or hanging out with people with swash stickers you know like why do you think that's acceptable
0: Absolutely. but
1: that's the thing that gets me into trouble and I've no doubt if people I know listen to this I will get some shit about it
0: but, but see the people who okay. the people who give you shit like I, I I can't fathom that as an idea like so separating the art from the artist is so it is difficult because like I say if you're emotionally attached to a piece of art And then you find out that person, the artist is a piece of shit. Like I get it. It can be difficult, but at the same time for me personally, I've got to bin that off. Like as soon as, you know, Manson, for example, has always been on the fringes of being a, being a bit of a weirdo, right? Granted. But then when everything came out of what he did, it was like, now fuck him. Like literally fuck him immediately. Yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Precisely. So, but I think a lot of these guys will kind of like claim reasonable doubt. Mm. Um, but in the end, if you, like i personally would never find it acceptable to hang out with someone or anyone that had a tattoo or a shirt that like promoted a organizational or an ideology that believed in genocide (laughs) you know like uh, that's kind of where i draw the line and you know i'm not doing this whole holier than thou thing it's literally if i see that i'm like fuck them like i just don't want anything to do with it and but i always find the kind of the kind of uh, mental acrobatics and the kind of cognitive dissonance that has to happen from a lot of fans of metal like i mean another example we can point to is the whole blood- bloodstock thing
0: mhm absolutely uh, so uh,
1: vicky obviously like saying just like something very fucking stupid and nasty about like people putting pronouns in yeah. their um, bios or in their emails and to be honest like if you're going to get that pissed off about someone putting a pronoun in mm-hmm. their emails. That's fucking ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, there are most people, to be honest, like most people are empathetic people. They're like, I don't, you know, this bloodstock needs to answer this. But then there are a lot of people going, oh, everyone's so offended these like, days. Man, man. It's like, well, that's all well and good, but
0: there's a reason for it. And absolutely. And that's, that's the thing that I found when that tweet came out. It was like, it was just an adipose of nothing. Like, it was just thrown out there like a statement. And no, I'm not saying she was right or wrong. She's obviously wrong for what she said. But if it was part of a, a wider conversation that it was taken out of context, for example, it would be less of an impact. But the fact she just said it as a statement, this is how I feel. It's like, well, fucking hell. Like, Do it you know what I
1: mean? It wasn't even the first time she'd sense said no, something. That's absolutely. Good, but, like, it was, like, it was... But I think the the thing I found, obviously, that tweet was ludicrous and Mm -hmm. despicable. But, like, it was more the kind of reaction from the kind of metal community. I did the very wrong thing of reading the comments. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of it was people going, oh, everyone needs to stop being so offended. And I think, you know, everyone gets offended by something. Like, just because Mm -hmm. you're offended by something or because you're upset about something doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, you know, right or wrong. Mm Mm-hmm um it's uh you know in this case it's anyone who's trying to
0: kind of say their pronouns or whatever that's what that's
1: meant to be like some kind of ridiculous thing you need to tweet about like it's absurd like
0: and that's the thing as well like it costs like her as a as a cis female nothing like do you know what i mean it costs her nothing to put she her in her pronouns and to see that is nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's such a such a nothing thing for um cis people, but for um uh, the transgender community, that is form of allyship. Do you know what I mean? So
1: but absolutely, man. And I think like I mean recently, I think it was the last few weeks, the BBC put an article, it's like their most read article on uh, their page where I was talking about how it was an article talking about how a lot of uh, trans people were kind of being predated on, or women were being predated on by trans people mm-hmm. um, who pretended to be lesbians or something. And it's a despicable article, and it mm-hmm. was full of falsehoods and full of shit. And they kind of quoted a person who was renowned for abuse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, in the end, all the trans community wants is just people to accept them and. Mm-hmm. I think there is this weird thing at the moment i think a lot of it's kind of being pushed forward by a lot of the kind of right-wing kind of agitators on like twitter and the internet but you know it's the same way like a few years ago or you know decades ago it was like gay people you know it's like oh they're just gonna go and like try and fuck like straight
0: men in the bathrooms or whatever like
1: it's the same kind of fear that's completely based on
0: nonsense
2: Mm um absolutely Um, I I had a, I had a
0: similar, or I say similar. I had an experience. um, So I'm a bisexual man, right? So when I came out to friends, family, whatever else, the first reaction from my male friends was, "You don't fancy me, do you?" And it's like, "Fuck off! I have, I have taste. Like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) What would I fancy? Like, do you know what I mean? If I did, do you not think that would have, you know, something would have been said or whatever a long time before this? Do you know what I mean? But again, it kind of stems from. Oh God, okay. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna try and get with you. Like, do you know what I mean? Chill out.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right, man. And it, it is. Uh, I think it's kind of shameful that that's the kind of, you know, the general idea that's not only just a lot. You know, many many people think, but it's kind of pushed forward a lot by by like the press as well. Like, it's uh, it's really uh, quite awful.
0: Absolutely, and and I think obviously in especially in america as well is a big problem but um i think because of people like trump for example a lot of these people feel like they have a voice now and they have a a, a reason to to speak up when before in modern society before this all stuff kicked off it was like we would kick those people into the ground it's like no you're not allowed to have that opinion because that opinion is wrong as a society that's inappropriate that's wrong but now because of Trump and all the rest of it, it's like these people think, oh, actually, it's okay to say this and do this. And it's just not, you know? Absolutely not, man. I don't think it's just
1: coming from the right either. I think mm. there is there's a leftist element of it as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. like, uh, so, Graham, Lin- Graham Linehan, for example, mm-hmm. uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, I think people find it very difficult to kind of uh, discern the difference between sex and gender, and gender roles in society. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's been a lot of this kind of well, hatred and nonsense is being pushed by a lot of famous people, both on the right and left.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, that BBC article in particular was quite aggravating and quite despicable. Um, and it's full of false falsehoods as well. This is the thing. It's like it's completely based on nonsense. But when you see famous people and the press pushing this stuff, it's uh there's there's no doubt that people are going to believe it but i think most people don't really you know most people are quite empathetic to be honest with you which is a good thing
0: absolutely and that's the thing a lot of people can just especially social media read read the headline but not read the article and then make a Indeed. judgment based on that so yeah. yeah for sure
1: like uh read the fucking article and then when you're reading the article be kind of like check your facts first
0: absolutely absolutely cool um, I'm gonna try and turn this around now because that got very <laughs> deep very quickly. Um, so, um, okay, do you have you ever seen the film Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy*?
1: Uh, I have not actually.
0: Okay. I'm terrible at films, mate. I'm no, that's, terrible, that's terrible. fine. So basically, uh, I was going to ask you what the meaning of life is, and if you've I seen that too. film, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. That that is okay. literally. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what i was hoping for um david thank you so much for doing this my man it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you um my,
1: pleasure's all mine. my friend pleasure's all mine
0: we're gonna do thank the you. quote unquote fake goodbye um where i just obviously stopped recording things but um yeah so i think if i have my facts and dates correct it's christmas when people are listening to this so happy christmas everybody well, <laughs> merry
1: christmas everybody <laughs> um
0: yeah so we will see you in the new year um, and obviously go to the ETS tour with Gojira. Um, go and listen to the new record by Ageless Oblivion, and go, go and on. do it. You and can do go it. and listen to Oda wasa
1: Yeah, we got there. Sick.
0: It's only <laughs> taken well over an hour. <laughs>
1: awesome. there in the end, man. Doesn't matter like so how long it takes, so long as you get there
0: awesome stuff thank you so much guys we will see you next week bye there's everybody